Well, praise God, I'm glad y'all showed up this morning. <laughs> Look at that person beside you and say, you know, I really am happy you're here today. <laughs> praise God. Well, get your Bibles out. And if you would go to, um, man, let me see. Go to John chapter 3 this morning. Let's start right there. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just going to, I just want to do a little quick review. I've been talking this last few weeks about a move of God. Everybody say a move of God. <laughs> you know, we talk about it, and it depends on what, where you, how you were raised, what church you attended. If you, sometimes if you just attended a denominational church, you may just go to church every week just because that's what you figured you should do, and you just went out of habit, out of, out of uh, uh, ritual, out of just, that's just what good people do. And you may have just gone to church to make your attendance, okay? But, you know, you, if you sought a different kind of church, you may be always looking for a, a new thing, the next new thing. You could get into a, in a, in a, you know, a movement of trying to, to, to find uh, the next big flood, the next big show, the next big dog and pony show or whatever. But what happens in life is the real truth of the matter is, John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus one night and he said, hey, tell me what's going on. Now, I'm paraphrasing all this, but he said, hey, uh, help me understand this. And Jesus said, well, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you want to walk in the kingdom of God, if you want to have a move of God in your life, he said, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, what are you talking about? Because immediately he went to natural thinking. He went to natural thinking. He said, well, I can't get back in my mother's womb. I mean, what are you talking about being born again? I can't be born again. And Jesus said, well, you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And Nicodemus said he, he couldn't understand it. And Jesus said to him, he said, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm surprised at you. you. You're a teacher, and you're supposed to be so wise, and you're supposed to understand all these things, but you don't, you, you don't even understand the elementary things. He says, I'm trying to teach you something simple, and you're a teacher in Israel, and you should know this. But we go through life, and so many Christians become Christians because they join a denomination or they join a church not become a Christian. Because becoming a Christian means you're born again. Something happens on the inside of you. You know that you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. There is no doubt. Something on the inside of you, boom, explodes. And you say, wait a minute, this is real. And your eyes are opened and you see things differently. Now, I was a good guy. Well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Depending on what you were, what scale you were using. Okay? I mean, I had a good moral foundation in my life. I would not steal. I would not cheat. Uh, make me mad, I'd cuss you and we'd get in a fight. But I'm talking about just, just moral foundations. I wasn't going to, I had no desire to kill anybody. I had no desire to steal. I wanted to be an honest person. I had this moral foundation put in me by my parents from childhood. But And I went to church, and they would have said I was a member of this church. And I went to the front, and I made a profession of my faith in Jesus because that's what church boys do. But inside of my heart, there was no real revelation of who Jesus was, and there definitely was no real revelation of he was my Lord and Savior. There was a knowledge. I believed in Jesus. I believed in heaven, I believed in hell, I believed in a devil, I believed the Bible was true, I believed in the Bible stories, I, I believed that stuff, but there was no reality to me. There was no real tangible something that, 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 that my life was based on. Until the day I was in the barn, discouraged in life, at the end of my ropes, thinking about ending my life, that I cried out to Jesus for the very first time, and said, Jesus, if you're really real, I want to know you. And right then, that day, something changed in my heart. When I walked out of there, everything, I, could, I had a different set of eyeballs. Things looked different. Things, you know, and some people could say, oh, well, just like I went back to my pastor that I was raised, and I told him the story. I told him how excited I was. I told him I was alive, felt alive for the very first time. And he said to me, I'll never forget it. He said to me, well, that's really good, Robert. I'm happy for you. And I just want you to know this experience you have, it will eventually begin to wear off, and then we just live on for Jesus. 
And, of course, I was just saved. My sanctification process had barely started, and I got up and said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I said, my gosh, if that's what there is, if you're saying that's what your Christianity is, I don't want it. And I left. So I went to the next church. Go to my wife's church. Go walk in there. Go to my wife's church. Everything's going good. These people are talking. These people seem to be excited about salvation. They seem to be excited about things. God, I'm excited because they're excited until communion came. It was a communion Sunday. And we're sitting in church. And so they start passing the communion around through the aisles and comes to me and the deacon reaches over and takes the communion cup and takes, it, t- takes the tray away from me. And, and I said, uh, what, what's the deal? And I said, well, I'll explain later. And so they wouldn't serve me communion. And so everybody took communion and I get through and I go up to the deacon and say, what's up? Now again, sanctification process hadn't been very long, but I'd been reading my Bible. He said, well, you're not a member of this church, and we have closed communion service, only the members of the church. And so I said, well, wait a minute. I said, am I saved? Oh, yes, we can see the definite change in your life. You are saved. So if I'm saved, I'm a member of the body of Christ, right? And I said, well, what do I need your church for? Oh, well, that's the way we do it around here. So next Sunday, if you'll come and make a profession of faith to Jesus, and then we'll baptize you, then you'll be a member of this church. And I said, why am I going to make a profession of faith when I'm already saved? Well, but this is just the way we do it. And I said, well, you're wrong. And they said, well, who do you think you are? And I said, I don't know, but I read my Bible. And I said, I don't think I want, if that's how crazy y'all are, y'all are all off from just communion. I ain't going to mess with you. So I left. Didn't never went back to church. So the point I'm trying to say is something was different on the inside of me. I had accepted all those facts all before, but then something was different on the inside of me. That is when the move of God started in my life. You have to know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. You have to know that you have had that same born-again experience. You have had that moment in where you knew that you made Jesus the Lord of your life and something changed on the inside of your heart, not your head. Hello? Look at the person beside you and say, man, God preaching good this morning. That's when the move of God got started. Nicodemus couldn't understand what Jesus was talking about. He said, I don't understand what you're talking about. You know, we, this is the way we do it. We go, we raise, we go to church, we, we go to the synagogue, we're taught the scriptures, we do this, we do that. This is the way we're supposed to do it. And he said, no, 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 you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of the water and the spirit. See, folks, it's funny that we, we talk about, well, God doesn't move or God... You know, I don't see God moving in my life, or whatever. Folks, if you're saved, if you're born again, if you've had that experience in life, you saw the biggest move of God happen right then, that moment, that second, boom, the heaven came to earth on you. You're not really going to find a bigger move of God than that. Now, you're going to grow. You're going you're gonna to be enlarged. You're going to understand the scriptures more. You're going to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. That all comes about. But that moment... The move of God started in your life that day. And God wants to be alive in you, and he wants to work with you, and he wants to talk to you, and he wants to be, wants to be every living with you every day because there is a move of God going on in this world, and there's a move of God going on now right in your own hearts. Hello? So Jesus then says, what are you going to do about this move of God? I mean, th- folks, we make the gospel so complicated. But the reality is so simple. What are you going to now do about this move of God in your life? Jesus said, Matthew 28, go. Make disciples. In other words, you got something going on in you, go tell somebody else. I mean, wouldn't y'all, if you found out you were digging out in your garden and you found this mineral and and you felt like you should put it in your gas tank. And when you did, your gas tank never went dry. It always, your vehicle just ran. Would you not want to go tell your friend, hey, you want to never hear, just put this little chunk of rock in your gas tank and you'll never run out of gas. He said, uh, it's going to stop my filter up. It's going, no, it ain't going to work. And he said, no, I've been doing it in mine. I've been running forever. Had to, matter of fact, I had to keep the gas cap on tighter. It runs out. You'd want to share this good news with somebody. Are y'all with me? 
Well, so what Jesus said, okay, you had an experience with God. He came and I touched your life. The, 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 the experience of salvation came into you. Now, you should want to tell and share that with somebody. So go and make disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are nothing but followers of Jesus. He didn't say, listen, make church people. He didn't say, make minions. To make disciples, make followers, people that'll be excited. Well, if you've had, if you're talking with somebody who's had that same born again experience, you know what happens? They should be excited about the things of God too, right? So let me show you this. If I can find it, I got a lot of notes here. Y'all just better hope I don't get tied into this. I mean, I've got all kinds of things here. Okay, so so let's just go here. Let's just let me just let me just get off. Okay, so go to Hebrews chapter four. <laughs> Why do we make things so complicated? You know, we take church and then we 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 you should have this born again experience where Jesus comes to live on the inside of you, you know he's real, but then we say, well, you know, now you need to change. You need to dress like this, or you need to walk like this, or you need to talk like this, you need to say this. You need to... And we start changing, we start getting all these rules and regulations and do's and don'ts and forms and rituals and this and that and the other, and then we argue with all the other Christians that don't believe like we do, and we go through all this kind of stuff. When Jesus basically said, look, let's just make it simple, guys. You need to have a supernatural experience. When you have that supernatural experience, you need to go talk to somebody else about it. And when, you have, when they get them going and they have the supernatural experience, then you've made a disciple. And then once you've made that disciple, you gather more, more, more disciples, okay? You get more friends that are born again, and then they get together, and then that's called the ecclesia or the body of believers because you've got more than one, right? You've got to have more than one. Right? You got to have more than one. I love a guy I said the other day when they're talking about making disciples. He says, Yeah, everybody's commanded to make two disciples. And I was like, Where do you get that in the scriptures? He said, Well, go therefore and make disciples. Disciples is plural, so you got to make more than one. So it had to be everybody has to make two. And I'm like, You got a good point. <laughs> but you're supposed to make, you're just, but, but how are you making them? Just listen to me. How are you making disciples? Well, Honestly, you're not making them. Jesus is making them. The Holy Spirit is making disciples. You're just herding them. And it says where there's two of you gathered together. I went over this last week, Matthew 16. Where there's two of you gathered together, right? He said, I'll come sit with you. Robert Richards' translation. When two or more of you get together, then I'll sit with you and talk to you. Is that what he said? So, all right, let's just think of this process. Supernatural experience happens on the inside of you. You go talk to somebody else, supernatural experience happens on the inside of them. They talk to somebody else and a supernatural experience happened on the inside of them. Now you got three or four or five. So then the three or four or five of you get together and then when you get together, Jesus is right there in the midst of you, and he's talking to you. Am I crazy? Have I said anything out of here that is out of biblical line here? But have you ever heard it said that way? I mean, we make it so complicated. And then when you all get together, it's going to be called the ecclesia. It's going to be the group of you, and we're going to call that church. That's what it means. He said, no, no, church is a building, steeple, open the door and see all the people. <laughs> but he said, no, really, church is super, people who've had supernatural experiences gathering together with me in the midst of them teaching you. Now, how is he going to teach us? Now I'm at Hebrews 4. He says the word, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God. Everybody say the word, the word of God. It's living. It isn't dead. It isn't print on paper. It is alive. All right? The word of God is living. 
It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him and to whom we must give an account. Now, think about this. In the early church, that means the early people that gathered together, they did not have 27 translations of the New Testament. They did not have 27 translations they could sit down. They did not have their iPhones they could pull out. Right? Oh, brother, you, you don't speak English? You don't speak Aramaic? Oh, what are you speaking, Spanish? Okay, we've got a Spanish translation. Oh, you don't. Have y'all ever, okay, you know, I, I know I'm a little weird, but have you ever taken your Bible translations, the one that have voices on it? Go, go download a Chinese Bible and then listen to it. We have the ability to do that. So if I was with a Chinese person and I had my iPhone, I could pop up a Bible verse and share it with him, even though I don't speak Chinese. But in those days, they didn't have any ability except the Holy Ghost. Hear this. Except the Holy Ghost, when sharing the principles of what the apostles had taught them, when sharing those principles then the Holy Ghost illuminated that to the people and gave them revelation and set them free. Like Paul when he's in Ephesus and he's talking to the, the, uh, the, the disciples there and he says, uh, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, we ain't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, what are you baptized into? And they said, well, we're baptized into John. And they said, oh, well, you missed Jesus. They'd gone, heard John the Baptist preaching, got all excited, repented, got baptized, went back to their hometown, started telling everybody about it. Didn't know that Jesus had come, died on the cross, crucified for them, the Lamb of God, took away their sins. They didn't know all that. So Paul explained to them. He said, oh, wow, we didn't know that. So then the Word of God, boom, hit them. And they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. My point is, is they shared the Word, but God illuminated the Word. Now we have the great benefit to take the living word of God written down for us over, over these, uh, 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 these thousands of years and read them and underline them and highlight them. Just don't exacto knife them. <laughs> Study them. Share it with somebody. Say, so here's the word. You know what the word says? Are y'all following me? to get illumination from it, to read it yourself and have it explode into your life. To have it just leap off the page and you're like, oh man, the living word. So what Jesus said is, this is what I'm going to do. You go take my word and you share my word with somebody else and when we're all together and we'll share it, we're going to discuss it, we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to illuminate it to you. I'm going to do it. The Holy Ghost is going to do it. It's going to illuminate it to you. You're going to make that, you know, exciting, and then that, that's what's going to, I'm going to lead the people, and that's what the church is. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But we've made it complicated. We've made it difficult because we've tried to come in there and put man's interpretation upon everything because we forgot the supernatural. We're trying to do things by the natural. And when you try to do spiritual things by the natural things, you get religion. And religion always brings about death. Do you remember Jesus talking to the Pharisees? He says, you go out there and you make a disciple and you make him twice the child of hell that you are. That's what he said. What I'm saying to you today, congregation, to everybody out there listening and watching today, I'm not trying to be anti-church. What I'm trying to say is let's be the church. Let's every time you're with your friend, sit down and share the word so that the Holy Spirit can touch their life, your life, edify both of you, and build the body of Christ. Now, you know, most people that are around me, you know, if I, uh, they, they're, they're talking to the preacher. But what I'm saying is, don't just sit just, just because it's me. Don't just be spiritual with me. Learn to share the word with everybody. Learn to sit down when your friend's talking to you and says, 
oh, God, I'm so discouraged today. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Things are bad. And you say, well, what's going on? La, 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 la. Well, okay. All right. Here you go. Oh, well, did you know Jesus said, la, la, Lulu, and let me pray for you. And you just had church. Do you know what it could be like to just, uh, your friend comes to you and says, man, I don't know, I just don't feel right. I feel sick this morning, you know, something's not right. And you say, oh, really, what's going on? Yeah, la, la. Okay, well, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, just heal my friend. Boom, they were healed. You'd have a lot of friends. But I'm telling you, that's the way it ought to be. I'm telling you, that's the way it should be. The issue is, we don't believe it. The issue is, we have sold out to a, 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 a mental concept of church, not a spiritual concept of church. We've forgotten that the Bible says that Jesus is with us, and we're like, where? I don't see him. A couple of weeks ago, Tracy, for taking up the offering, she, she gave that example. She said, everybody take a deep breath in, you know. Take another deep breath in. I said, did anybody faint, faint because there was a lack of oxygen because we all breathed it in? No, there's oxygen everywhere. There's plenty of oxygen around for us all to breathe, right? Well, there's plenty of the Spirit of God to go around. You're not going to out. You're not going to use it up. You're not going to be in a place that's void. You may be in a place that's void with a cell service around here, but you're not going to be out of the Holy Ghost service. Are y'all with me? It's us having this supernatural experience called being born again, turning ourselves on and saying, you know, this is real. Jesus is with me. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's get together. Let's fellowship. Jesus is here. You say, well, I don't feel nothing, Brother Robert. Who said anything about feelings? It's faith. Did you get up this morning gasping for air because you didn't see air? And you didn't know if you could breathe or not? We are really people who live a lot by faith, but you don't realize it. Rural people. It's like some friends of ours in San Antonio, we were talking about when the drought was going on, how bad it was getting into the, you know, we're, a lot of wells running out of water, and they said to us, well, can't you just put more water in it? <laughs> I was like, Obviously, don't know how to live <laughs> in the country, right? Because I turn my faucet on and I expect water to come out, right? And two Saturdays ago, I turned it on and it didn't come out. Something was wrong with the well. But I expected it to come out and then it didn't work. But I don't. I didn't have to pray about it. I don't have to run up there every time my wife's going to turn on the faucet. So can I get some water? I said, hold on, let me go check and run up to the tent and look, see, check everything and make sure everything's working. Get my own meters. Yeah, it's good. I think it'll work. Turn it on. Are y'all with me? You just turn the faucet on. If it doesn't work, you fix it. How it would be to live a life of the supernatural that you know that you're born again and that you're walking and living with Jesus in a way that when you sit down, you fully will expect him to move because he's what his word says. You fully will expect him to be in your midst. You fully will expect him to bless those around you. You fully will expect him to have an answer. But what we do is we let this world beat us down. We let this world uh, come in and the glitter of the world and the problems of the world and the, 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 the pressures of the world, they come in and they begin to beat us down because what we're trying to do is live naturally. And I'm telling you, if you're living naturally, it's a very difficult life. But if you live supernaturally in a natural world, that's like driving a race car on a go-kart track, right? There's problems. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be situations. There's always going to be issues. But when you have the living word, it's able to come alive and change things. Now, let me show you another scripture, Acts chapter 20, Acts 20, 32. In Acts 20, 32, the apostle Paul is getting ready to go to Jerusalem. He's telling everybody that uh, he, he's going around visiting everything, and he's visiting the, the, the churches and all the things he's done. The, you know, um, 
The Apostle Paul worked very, very hard to build the church at Ephesus and get the church there and get the body of believers all together and get them going and get it all, all done. But he knows he's getting ready to leave and he's getting ready to go back to, he's going to go to Jerusalem. And in verse 32, well, let me back up. Let me back up to, to uh, I think, verse 30. He tells them, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw the disciples after themselves. Give me the next verse. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years, three years, three years, I did not cease warning everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst all those who are sanctified. The Apostle Paul said, look, I'm getting ready to leave and men are going to rise up in the church. They're going to stir up the church. They're wolves. They're going to come in. They're going to tear everything up. They're going to get in there and mess all the body up. But I'm just telling you, I have faith that I'm going to commend you to God and the word of his grace. He said, I, I, I'm commending you. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to commend you to God and to his word of grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance, the living word. The apostle Paul said, I'm not worried about this because it's Jesus's ministry and it's his word and he will take care of his ministry. He will take care of his word. And then you're going to be blessed and it's going to live. It's going to bring you grace if you walk in it. Otherwise you get eaten by a wolf. I mean, what a choice. Let's either walk in grace in his word or get eaten by wolves. I'm not real sure, but I, I think being eaten by a wolf would probably not be a good way to go. I'm pretty sure it'd be pretty painful to be eaten by a wolf. Agreed? It ain't going to be no fun. Because <clears throat> at first you're going to think you can outrun it. Or you can run faster than the person beside you. <laughs> Hello? Okay. So, I, I told y'all this that... that uh, a few weeks ago, I went to a, a conference where they were talking about uh, disciples, and they were making disciples, and then he was talking about all these things that they had started 4,500 churches in India in a year, and, and I was just like, what? And I was thinking churches. I was thinking buildings, not groups of believers coming together. Anyway, so he told me, he, he said in the conference that there was four questions that they sat down, and they asked. This is, what their, this is what their discussion was. So you might want to write these down because you, you may want to use these yourself. So when the group of believers got together, the very first thing they did is they broke out the living word amongst them, the word of his grace, and then they read a scripture, and then they asked them, what does this say? Now just listen to the simplicity of this. They asked them and said, to, and they said okay, now what does it say? Well, it says right there, flip, flip that scripture back up there for me, the uh, Acts 20.32. Well, it says that the God's commended, that Paul's going to commend the people to God and, and then the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So I guess the means the word can make you strong and give you an inheritance. Oh, inheritance, that's a good word. like that word, inheritance, among all those who are sanctified. Then it says, then the next question is, well, what does this mean? That's the next question they ask him. Well, what does this mean? So then they discussed around and said, well, I guess it means, you know, it's a whole lot better to be there than eat by a wolf. And then, so what are you going to do about it? Well, it seems to me that I better stay in the word. Seems to me I better be staying reading the word because I want to walk in grace and I don't want to get eaten by a wolf. And so then they, the last thing was, is, well, now who are you going to tell about it? Well, old Joe down the street. I wonder if Joe knows this. So they just went and told Joe, hey, I was reading in my Bible, Acts 20, 32. It says over there, eat, what if we're going to eat by a wolf or you can get the word of grace. I don't want to get eaten by a wolf. I'd like the word of grace. Well, why don't you come down here next week when we're all meeting? We'll have it, and we're all over there. We're talking, discussing the word. Why don't you come down there? And then little Joe comes down there, and Joe ends up giving his heart to Jesus and getting saved and blessing, healing. And it's just multiplying and multiplying, multiplying, multiplying this simplicity. See, the truth of the matter is, church, we got to get out of 
the complicated things of life and get back into the simplicity of the gospel to let faith work in our life and let the supernatural take place. To believe God is God, that we commend people to God and to his spirit, the Holy Ghost, and then let them do the work in them instead of us trying to do the work and getting nowhere. Hello? We've got to allow the living word to take effect in people. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all in here, you good old country people, really like to be told what to do? Huh? I mean, how many of y'all sign up? Got two lines over here. Do what you want to. Do it how you want to or be, get told how you want to. Which line y'all going to get into? They're going to be full up over here, right? So then do you think anybody wants the gospel shoved down their throat? But listen to me. If they see what's going on in you, they're going to say, wow, you're different. If they see what's going on in you and that you're real, and that you've had a supernatural experience, then all of a sudden you're the living witness. You're the sign. You're the neon sign going off saying Jesus can change you like he did me. And then your friends, your family, those around you, they want what you got because they see it's real. Not you're trying to get them to do do's and don'ts and you're crazy. Look at the person beside you and said, is he talking about you? No. So if you go look into the Gospels and you go to like Acts chapter 1, the Apostle Paul was persecuting the church and it says that there was great persecution, but everywhere they went, they, they were scattered throughout the regions and they went everywhere, but everywhere they went, they went preaching. Right? They were getting persecuted, but everywhere they went, they went preaching and everywhere they went, they just, in, in other words, the more the enemy tried to squash them, the more they splattered out everywhere and just had an effect of, of preaching, of, of people getting saved and healed and touched. So much so that when Philip goes into Samaria, man, revival starts. Just revival broke out. So, church, what I'm asking you to do, and I'm, I, I'm putting before you here is, is that a move of God started in our life, and if we want to see the move of God continue on, the only way it's going to continue on is as we share it with others. And that's called simply making disciples. And when two or more of you get together, Jesus is in your midst, and that's called church. It's not complicated. It's really, really simple. And you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to function in that. So how does it all work? Well, I can't explain it all. It's just like I do not sit up at night trying to figure out how electricity works. I just plug in to the plug, and if it doesn't come on, I call somebody. Are you with me? I am not trying. It, it, it's times I drive down the road and I'm looking at that line out there because I can only see electricity like water. Are you with me? That's my mind thinking. How does television work? How did I give it up as a kid? I, you know, I was in the age of the antenna. And, oh, man, the wind would blow, and it would blow the antenna around. And so we had a pole out there that the deal went on that had a pipe wrench that was on it that stayed on it all the time. I've always wondered, why didn't Daddy just fix the thing to where it wouldn't go? Why take the expense of having a pipe wrench stuck on it? But he had me. <laughs> and so we would turn the old black and white set on. It would be all fuzzy. Daddy would say, rah, rah, go out there and turn up. And so I'd go out there and get the pipe wrench and have to holler through the house, you know, what's it better? Right there, right there. Don't go back a little bit. And then he ran in the house and watched what was on TV. But like, there's a picture, I'm seeing it. And that wasn't picture flying through the sky and got sucked into the, the antenna. Are y'all following me? I'm pretty simple. But I'm just saying, in my mind, you're saying, and then you remember, y'all remember, uh, I'm really dating myself here, but remember in, when the, on the televisions, the wires were those flat wires that was flat, Right? 
they had the, the, two, the two wires coming out and they were flat. And you just and it was like, okay, like that picture came through that wire. And it's and you had just two screws in the back of the set. You just wrapped those wires around there and screwed that puppy in there. Right? Because sometimes they were loose too. We didn't get good reception, right? So you had to go jiggle them. And all of that came about in television, came into our house, and we were just like, wow, it's a miracle. And I'll drive down the road and I'll see the electric lines up and I say, I know if you cut it, electricity goes off, but it doesn't come flowing out on the ground like you broke a water pipe. Y'all follow me? I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm simple. I don't know how it all works, but you know what? I sure enjoy it. I'm glad I have electricity. I'm glad I don't have to go draw water from a well with a hand cranked this morning. Right? I'm glad we have indoor plumbing. Y'all following me here? I can't explain everything of the way the gospel works. I can't explain everything about the way God moves, why God moves, how God moves, this, that, and the other. But I can certainly tell you how you can flow in it. I know that the word of God's living. It's powerful to sharpen any two-edged sword. I know that in John 6, 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak, their spirit and their life. I know that the word works. I know that the Bible has an answer for your life. I know that if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, then he will continue to speak to you and that he wants to sit with you and talk with you. And where is he? And where is he on my right or my left right now? I don't know. Is he sitting in that chair or that chair? Or is he everywhere like air? I don't know, but I know he's here. I may not understand everything and can give you all the great theologies of this and that and the other, but by God, I can tell you that Jesus is real. And that if you pray, he'll, he'll talk to you. He said, well, how's he going to talk to me? Going to hear the big burning bush, or a, you could. You can hear a voice in thunder from heaven saying, "This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased." But I know one thing: He will speak to you. I know this morning He talked to me. I know this morning me and Him had coffee, or I had coffee. He opened up a verse to me that I've read for thirty-five years and never really saw. It. And all of a sudden, this morning, I I just saw a boom, and it's a. Get my wife in there, get to preaching to my wife. My wife told me, said, you're going to preach this message. He ain't got no other. I said, no, I got to preach the other message. And I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Got this man, I'm preaching to a preacher. Did not preach to you this morning for two hours. <laughs> so when my throat's kind of rare, rare, I already preached two hours before I ever got to church. <laughs> he said, well, you're just, you're, you're a pastor. No, no, I'm Robert. I'm Robert. That's all I am. I'm Robert. I'm a man who got saved. A man who had a supernatural experience with Jesus that each and every person should have. That any person that confesses in the mouth and believes in their heart in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior activate by faith in that scripture, that word. Hear what I'm saying? In that word. You say, well, I don't understand how this works. You did once. Even if you just lucked into it. Let's just say you don't know about power. You don't know about electricity, but one day you stick your finger in that little hole wondering what was in there. Well, you may not understand it, but now you have discovered it. <laughs> I hate to get shocked by electricity. I don't know why. I, 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 it's like a, it makes me instantaneously violent. And here on a job I was working about a year ago, they, we had an outside electric box. And they hooked it all up, and I went over to it and was just checking the box. And when I touched it, it shocked me. And boy, I come unglued. Jumped all over the electrician, screamed, hollered, throwed down. The electricians went over there, and they said, I said, that thing's hot. Don't touch it. I said, that thing shocked me, man. And So the, he reaches out, no, 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 touches it, and feels all around the box. Doesn't shock him. I said, that's something ain't right. I'm telling you, that thing shocked me. And I reached back over and touched it again. Flush! I mean, I said... <laughs> Man, I was mad this time. I said, you sorry. You know, I said, how did you take that? And he said, it didn't shock me. And I said, man, I'm going to beat you right here. That ain't funny. And so finally he reached around just like I did and touched it. And sure enough, there was just a little, little short there and it got him. I was happy for that. <laughs> but I don't understand how it works, but I know what the result of it. Hear what I'm saying? I don't understand how it all works. I know the result of it. Plug the plug, plug the, into the switch and I can make a, a drill run. I can make a blender blend. Hello? I can make a coffee grinder grind. 
I find the results of it and I use it. Hello? So I don't have to explain all the technical things. I'm just telling you, I know how it works. When you're born again and you read the word, then the word has a living ability to come on the inside of you and explode. And then when you share that with somebody else, it will explode in their life. And when they share it with somebody else, it will explode in their lives. And that's just the way it works. I don't know the technical things of it. But it sure is simple. Now, I want to share one more scripture with you, and then we're going to go eat. I'll tell you one, and I'll share the other one. I don't want to lie to you. In Mark 4, 4, the story of the parable of the sower, right? You got to realize that all people's hearts are on different grounds, right? There was the stony ground, right? Then there was good ground. There was thorny ground. There's all these different grounds of the heart. Hello? So everybody you share with may not be at the same place. Everybody might not be good ground, be good ground. But when you're sowing the word, it's seed, it's going to fall. Some are going to make something of it, some are not, right? Okay. You're not in control of that. Your only control is in sowing. All right? Now, last scripture. Go to Proverbs 4, 23. I want to show you this last one. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep your heart with all, all diligence, for out of it springs forth the issues of life. The most important thing you can do in your walk with Jesus is keep your heart. Because the moment your heart gets out of whack, then everything I'm telling you about goes south. The moment unforgiveness comes in your heart, then your heart gets skewed and it won't function right. It's just like the, the antenna, it get, the wind blew it and it's turned. You're not going to get a good signal. The moment jealousy comes in your heart, lust comes in your heart, anything comes in your heart like that, you're not going to be getting a good signal because your, your antenna's off. Now, I don't know how many times, oh, my father would get so mad. See, my, my, my father, on Saturday night, we used to always watch, they used to always come on boxing. I mean, when Muhammad Ali was fighting and all these guys like this, there was a, usually a fight night on, on Saturday night. And he loved to watch fighting. And so boxing, we owned matches. And we'd be right in the middle, and it's just about that, you know, it's the 15th round, blah, blah, blah. and then all of a sudden the wind would gust, and we'd lose the signal. Grab and get the old pipe wrench, turn around. Like I said, I never had thought about that. Why we never fixed that? Could have drove a peg in the ground or something. Anyway, that may be your life. You're getting a good signal. You're right in the middle of watching everything. Everything's going good in life. You're having good fellowship with the Lord, and then a gust of wind blows kind of blows your antenna off and you're not getting a good signal you can't see things clearly everything's you, you, you might can hear it because you know you ever notice that you didn't really lose sound you usually had sound you just didn't have picture and so you could hear the fight you could hear what was going on, on the tv you just didn't, couldn't see it's all snowy and so so you, you you may be still hearing god but you're not seeing very good because everything's kind of snowy and out, out of focus and out of it's just not going real good because see what happened is the issue something happened in your heart there needs to be a heart adjustment so you can start hearing clearly again. And I really believe what happens to the devil works just like he does in Mark 4 to get you off, get you offended, get you mad, get you something so you're off so you're not getting a clear signal because he knows how this works. And once you get off, then all he's got to do is let you go and you will just keep going off because you're not getting a clear signal. And what I'm praying for this morning is if that's you, that, you know, we can find the Holy Ghost pipe wrench and, and, and get, get your reception going again. Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a bad, you know, you've never, ever experienced an antenna. Everybody lift your hand in here that you've ever experienced an antenna. Okay, I'm doing pretty good. All right. Even to make matters worse, when we first got saved and we're, were living in a, a rent house in, here in Utopia, they had a, uh, a satellite dish. But the thing, it didn't have a, a crank on it, like from inside the house. You had to go outside and crank it. And so it was marked. And so whatever 
satellite you wanted to catch with whatever channel might be coming on free, you'd have to go out there and crank it. Well, I can tell you that just stops television surfing because you only had so many, and then you had to go outside, crank it to the next satellite, you know, and do it. So there wasn't a lot of surfing going on those days. But I'm, I'm just telling you, maybe this morning it's time to wake up and see that you need a, 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 an adjustment on your antenna so you can hear God clearly. So you can get out of what you use because the devil wants you to get off. He wants you to keep walking off. He wants you to walk in just misery or hearing just enough of the voice of God to think you're, you're okay living like that. To just think you're okay living like that. Are you hearing me? So this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you. So just put your Bibles up for just a minute, and let me just... For all of you out there listening and watching, I'm so glad you're out here with us today. Listen to the broadcast, but listen to me. If you've never had an experience with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what you need to do is you need to cry out to Him. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died for your sins. And ask Him to come into your heart, He will. So right wherever you are, you can just cry out to Him. If you're in here today, church, listen to me. Matter of fact, let me have my prayer team come down as I'm, as I'm finishing up here. If you're in here today and you don't know, you're, you're hearing the words that I'm saying and you're, you're, you're asking yourself a question, well, am I? Then listen to me. Don't live there. Hear what I'm saying to you. Do not live there. Do not live there if there is a question in your life about your relationship with Jesus. See, I believe the word's true. I said, like I said, I don't know how it works, but I just know it's true that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you are saved. So if you're in here today and you're not sure, now listen to me. I want to do something a little bit different. I was listening to my buddy Billy Graham the other day. Billy and I are really tight, you know. And he's got a, they're playing all of his old messages on uh, uh, 480 on Sirius. I believe it's 480 uh, channel and Billy Graham all day long. I love Billy Graham. And I just put it on there, listen to him over and over again. And he said this, and it made, me, it made me stop and think. I've always given an open invitation here in this subject, and we're here to come pray for you, come up. But he said something that, that really made me stop and think. He said, Jesus did something publicly for us. He gave his life for us publicly, open in front of everybody. And that's why he gave an invitation and said, stand up, everyone come down to the front. As the music is playing, just as I am, come to the front, and you make a public profession of your faith. So listen to me. You should not be embarrassed. You should not be concerned what others think. You should be so excited to jump right slap dab into the middle of the kingdom of God. It should be the greatest day of your life. Amen? So if you're questioning if you're right with Jesus, well, then I want you to come to the front. I want you to get with our prayer people. I want you to make that stand to say, I want to do something public. I want to make a public profession. Don't just sit there in your chair and say, Jesus, help me. Make a public profession. Come to the front and get with one of our prayer people and say, I just want to make sure. And do it. Amen? If you're in question, you know, maybe ask the person around you to come up with you. But don't leave this building. Don't go out of here because, see, what I'm believing God for is y'all are going to start bringing more and more people to church that may not be saved. And, and, and if you're going to make disciples, then that means you need to get them out of their cheap seat to the front. You need to get them out of their seat to the front. Don't put all the pressure on me. Oh, Pastor, hope it's a good message. You get them up there. Listen, I'm a man. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for all of, all of us to stand up and be uh, uh, master disciple builders. Hello? And everyone who has Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you're amply qualified. It's time for us to be radical in our belief 
which is really not radical. It just kind of maybe is radical to the world. That we would really care about somebody else not going to hell and get those people to come to church and get them to the front to give their lives to Jesus and then start making disciples out of them. That's really not a lot to ask. Is it? And I'm telling you, if you're, if you, if you're depending on me to come up the next great program, I, ain't, I don't have it. I'm sick of programs. I either want a supernatural move of God, and he's doing it all, and I just want to sit back and say, whoo, look at that, Lord. You are doing good. Are you with me? I want y'all to start coming up and giving me reports. I, I, Josh, where's Josh? Oh, there's Josh over there. And Josh had been going to the prisons with the, uh, Bill Glass Ministries and going to the prisons. And what was, it, did, what was the total figure? Did you ever get the, the total? Three thousand souls. I like it. Amen. So this is what I want you to do: stand up. I want you to look at the person on your right and your left and say, "Do you know you're right with God? Do you get an answer? Don't just say." If they, you know, if they gave you the stink eye, ask them again. If you're not sure, though, we're here to pray for you at the front. Get the person beside you and come up to the front. And today, make this the greatest day of your life. Amen? If you are saved and you know you're saved, and you've had that supernatural experience, but you know your antenna has gotten a little shifted, lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor, you're talking to me. Come on, I see some hands going up. I'm glad y'all are in admittance of that. All those of you that didn't, you're liars. <laughs> I'll pray for you, too. No, I see everything clearly, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. Those that lifted your hands, those that should have lifted your hands, those of you out there listening and watching, I want to pray for you right now that God will get your antenna adjusted back. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray over this congregation. I just declare, Lord, right now over them, that our, their antennas are going to get back in the right direction. They're going to begin to hear you with clarity. They're going to begin to see you with clarity. Lord, the, the picture is going to come in crystal clear. The picture is going to come in crystal clear, and they are going to know that they're hearing from heaven. I declare, Lord, the things that have gotten them off track, the stumbling blocks that have been placing them, where their hearts have gotten out of alignment, out of adjustment, I just declare, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus that they are, those chains are broken. I declare the anointing of God, according to Isaiah 10 and 27, breaks the yokes within their lives. That, Lord, right now their eyes pop open and they see supernaturally exactly like they should see. I declare, Lord, that everything that the devil meant for, for evil, you turn it around. I declare they are free from the yokes and bondages and chains. That today, Lord, there is a victory. There is a shout of the king in their camp. There is freedom over everything that they're doing, Lord. And I praise you for that. And I thank you for it, Lord. So, Lord, I pray right now, bless them. Put your hand upon them. Bless all the food in our fellowship now, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're up here to pray for you. Come on. If not, go make some friends at Dinner on the Ground. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.